0: This is On Location. I'm Tim Leitner. Today's program comes to you from Missouri, California, and Alaska. But first, On Location is produced by the NCA Communications Committee with special production assistance from Joe Manlin and me. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Breaker, and Radio Public among others so subscribe today on your favorite podcast service and tell all your friends this episode is hosted by tim leitner as he welcomes the immediate past president and current president of our sister organization the western intergovernmental child support engagement council better known as wixit Our guests include Veronica Riley, who is the current president of WICSIC. Veronica is the assistant director for the Department of Child Support Services in San Joaquin County, California. Also on the program is Ellen Rutledge, who is the immediate past president of WICSIC. Ellen is the director for professional development for Young Williams. They talk about all things WICSIC, including its history, the recent 2021 annual training conference and how the organization supports the child support community. By the way, do you know where hashtag keep Weird came from? Stick around, you'll find out. It's going to be a great show, so stick around and we'll be right back. Thank you for joining us today for another edition of NSEA On Location, spanning across the country to come to you from California, Missouri, and Alaska. Today, we are excited to get to talk to one of NSEA's sister organizations, the Western Intergovernmental Child Support Engagement Council, better known as WICSIC. I'm Tim Leitner, and I'm with the Alaska Child Support Enforcement Division in Anchorage, Alaska. And on today's show... We have the immediate past president of Wixick, Ellen Rutledge, and the newly elected and current president, Veronica Riley. Can you both introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit more about where you're from, who you work for, and what you do in your full-time jobs?
1: Hi, I'm thrilled to be here today Tim, with you and Veronica. I'm coming to you live from Jefferson City, Missouri. I actually work for Dan Williams and I've done that since 2008. I'm currently the director development there. So I do a lot of the support initiatives that we have for our attorney, for our project manager, do a lot of leadership training, and, and different things like that. Kind of a jack-of-all-trades, a master of none. So Veronica, I'll hand it
2: over to you. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks again, Tim, for having us on the podcast today. I'm so excited. So I am uh, coming to you from the opposite end of the country as As you know i am in my office in stockton california which is in san joaquin county Uh, and i am with the department of child support services in san joaquin county and i serve as the assistant director i've been here going on five years actually and then before that i was actually with the state of california uh, Department of Child Support Services at our state headquarters for a number of years. And then prior to that, I was actually in private consulting on a few different projects, child support, as well as other government uh, implementation, their systems. Um, and then prior to that, I was with a county called Ventura County in Southern California where I was born and raised. So been in the program for a little while.
0: Sounds like a Californian for life.
2: Yes, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't like to be cold.
0: <laughs> well, well, given, given all that history, let me ask you both, can you tell us how you got involved in the child support community? Where did you start your career? Where have you landed and been a part of? And, and you kind of already answered that a little bit, uh, but what drew you into child support and what made you stay?
1: I guess what I forgot to mention is that I'm actually a recovering attorney. So I began my legal career in Northern Wyoming. And straight out of law school, I, I knew that I probably wanted to do something with family that. that fit my skills and my personality. But I also was living in a small town in Wyoming, and so I wasn't exactly sure what that was going to look like. So I actually worked for the Court Appointed Special Advocate Program for a little bit. Several of you may be familiar with that program and have worked with it in your, in your daily work. But the local child support attorney was a friend. And he needed a guardian ad litem for paternity cases, so I took those appointments. And about probably about a year in, a case went up on appeal to the Wyoming Supreme Court. In the process of doing that, I met several people who worked at the Attorney General's office. And shortly thereafter, they had an opening for an attorney to represent the child support program at the agency. And so I applied for that, and I got that. And I think once I got into the program and recognized the scope and the breath, and, and what it did, I was hooked. And, you know, that was pretty much it. In 2000, so I worked at the attorney general's office, and then in 2008, Young Williams won a contract to me and I several judicial districts in Williams, and Rob Rose offered me a job, and so I've been with Young Williams ever since. I love this program, and people say that, and but sincerely, I, I really believe in this program and its purpose. You know, our services are critical. We're experts in our field. We really do a good job for people. We're efficient. And so as far as the program, that's why I say in my job, I say my job has changed a little bit every couple of years. And for me, it has provided me enough change and different challenges, and they've grown and I've gotten to do different things that I've really enjoyed all the phases and no day looks the same. And again, that that fits me and What I like to
2: do, so that's why I'm still here. I'm learning about Ellen. (laughs) I'm learning things about Ellen today. I love this. So uh, my journey was a little. It's a little different than Ellen's, but I honestly, I graduated from college. I was like 21 years old, and I didn't exactly know what I was gonna do. I actually wanted to go to law school, but I was kind of figuring it out. We didn't have a big law school in the town, my hometown of Ventura. So I was kind of trying to figure it out. And my aunt who worked for, uh, Santa Barbara County said, just get your foot in the door with the County. Just get a job with the County. You'll get retirement. You'll get benefits. So that is what I did. So honestly, I just stumbled into child support and then I found out that I loved it. And obviously, 20 something years later, here I sit. So I had quite a journey. And kind of like Ellen, though, what's kept me in it for so long, I think, is the, well, number one, the people. I just find that everybody in every county, in every state, in every jurisdiction that I have worked in or come into contact with, people are just amazing in this program. They're kind hearted, good people. And I really enjoy working with them. Um, I believe in the mission and what we do for our program, obviously, or else I wouldn't still be doing it. So I do think it's really important work. So that has kept me in it. Um, But also, like Ellen was saying, it's for me the change. I, I never knew, you know, when I first started that there would be so many different things you could do within child support public sector, private sector, you know, state versus local county jurisdiction, there's so many opportunities. And so I get bored very easily. And so like every two years, I tend to, I would either promote or change to a different, you know, line of work. But, you know, for the majority of my career, it has all been in child support. So it's been really neat for me to look at it from the, the local county perspective, the state perspective, as well as the private sector perspective. So always change, always something new to learn, always something fun to do so that's
0: what's really kept me in it you know veronica i just got a comment there you talked about the kind of people that are in child support and i think you're absolutely right the the kindness that i've really been afforded to from people that have been in this program you know not just for years but even the new people coming on and very engaging and very passionate about what they do and what they intend to do for a lot of us it's been a long-term career it's been a real profession and not just a um sidestep someplace. So I think you're absolutely right about that. So let me ask this. Maybe Ellen, I can throw this to you first. What got you involved with Wixec? What got you hooked? What got you in the door? What um, What are you doing there?
1: <laughs> so I mentioned a few minutes ago, my friend that was the local child support attorney shared in Sheridan, Wyoming. And for those of you out there that know Mike Williams, that is the person to whom I refer. But in 2012, WICSEC came to Wyoming, to Jack. And you know, I knew about Wix Sex, and Mike. I actually went to a conference pretty early on and, and enjoyed it. But in, in 2012 it came to Wyoming and I helped the 4D director at that time with the post state contact. And, you know, it really for me was a career highlight for, for many reasons. It was I had a good time, I met a lot of people, I started to get a kind of what you were just talking about, but an understanding of the, the reach of the program. Uh, but at the same time, it's a very small community, and everyone works together, you know, to promote the program, and I really enjoyed it. So I did all kinds, if you've ever been to a Wixet conference, I worked on the raffle, I worked on volunteers, you know, all the, those kind of jobs that first year. Stayed on the planning committee and then decided to run for the board a couple of years later. And, and you know... We have, we have had a lot go on since that time. But, every again, every year is something different. We've got new training we need to bring in, bring in. We're trying to address different issues that people have. And, you know, how can we do this? And how can we stay relevant? And how can we meet the needs of the community? We've got several different communities, you know. And how can we keep our name out there all year? So I'll be able to help answer all those questions. That's what's kept me engaged, and then, quite frankly, we need to go back to what Veronica said, the people and the people that are
2: involved in the community. And all right, Veronica, your turn. <laughs> Thanks, Ellen. Much like stumbling into my child support career, I also stumbled completely into Wixec, and I'm so glad and thankful that I did. But in uh, 2014, the conference was coming to San Diego. And I was working for the state at the time, and my state 4D director came to me and she said, hey, WICSEC is coming to San Diego. And at that time, I was running the statewide training program. And she said, as the the person in charge of training for the state, you should do it. You should go and be on that planning committee. And so I was like, great. That's amazing. I would love to. Can't wait to do it. Yay. And I immediately ran back to my office, and I Googled WICSEC because I had never heard of it before. (laughs) never one time in my life had I heard of Wix. Like I had no idea what it was and I've been in child support for a long time at that point. Right. So, um, anyway, I Googled <laughs> and I want to do anything that, you know, op- any opportunity is a good opportunity, but little did I know what I was walking into and I showed up in San Diego, uh, in March of 2014, I guess it was for the planning meeting and just met this group of again, amazing people who were welcoming, and fun, and I was so excited to be a part of it. And that San Diego conference was was a great experience and uh, never looked
0: back. Awesome. So since we're talking about all things Wixic today, can you share a little bit about uh, Wixic? What is it? What's its purpose? What's its vision and mission? Just give us some of that underlying stuff about this organization.
1: So first of all, we all love the document, but just to throw it out there, WICSEC stands for the Western Intergovernmental Child Support Engagement Council. And it's a professional development association for child support professionals. So it started in the 70s. And with our sister organization, ERIXET, between those two organizations, they cover, you know, they cover the nation, but WICSEC traditionally has supported states west of the Mississippi River, while ERIXA supports states east of the Mississippi River. You know, coming to you live from Jefferson City, I'm in a pretty, literally unique geographic location in there. But when I first started in West I was in Wyoming, so clearly in the north. But really, what we do is provide annual, you know, training, professional development opportunities for the child support community. Historically, we have had an annual conference. Over the last couple of years, we have expanded that offering. We've dipped our toes into a, a series that we call our micro to provide people with in-time training throughout the year, we want people. We want to network. You know, we want to put people up and get people connected, exchange information, best practices, all that kind of thing. And so that's that's pretty much what we do. What way I meant?
2: You stated it pretty darn well. I don't think you missed anything.
1: Yeah, we do have a website to Our, If you really want to get specific, our vision is to unite child support professionals and inspire excellence within the 4D community. And we do that by promoting expertise, inclusion, engagement, and fun throughout an annual training event. I don't know how many organizations have fun, you know, in their vision and mission statements, but that is one thing we take very seriously at Wixbeck. And, you know, and, and fun in the sense of, we have great information, we have great training. We really try to bring it to people in a way that is practical and engaging, and they can apply back at their office be a little quick for everybody
2: and the other thing I think that we're kind of known for is our i mean intergovernmental is in the name, but we do have our annual intergovernmental fair, which takes place traditionally at our annual conference, but this year it was really exciting because we did partner with Erixa, our sister organization, and we offered actually three total in the year. We did events outside of our annual conference. So we did a series of intergovernmental networking events and they were really successful and it was it was really nice to see that expanded out and to be able to deliver it to more people.
1: I think one of the coolest things is I was watching we did the IJ Fair with Arixza last year. And I was watching people come in and we covered I could, we didn't get all 50 states. But we were pretty darn close and we had a significant number of tribes. So for us actually, the pandemic opened up some opportunities to work
0: with our sister organization and really serve people on a nationwide basis, which was really exciting. No, that that's awesome. I mean the uh, the collaboration and just the working together and the you know joining forces between WICSIC, Erixa, NCIA, NTCSA it's really coming to full, you know, full fruition, I guess, or full force. Um, It's really, it's really cool to see, but I got to, I got to dip back in. You said two things that I want to touch bases on here that really kind of struck my, um, struck my ears. One thing is, is you said what Wixic stands for. And I remember a, Oh, maybe a few years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Wixic had a different name, still Wixic, but it had a different name. Can you tell us about what that was? And why the change?
1: So originally, Wixxex stood for and hopefully I can say this without getting too inside the Western Interstate Child Support Enforcement Council. And one of the things that the child support program has changed; it's evolved. All of us are very invested in promoting a mission of being inclusive and of in serving people where they're at. And so the name change really came from a conversation about well, first of all, even in our daily you know language, we've now replaced intra-interstate with intergovernmental, so an acknowledgement that we serve many different kinds of many different jurisdictions. And then we had the conversation about the word enforcement, and we really wanted to get away from that word, and again recognize that the we want to change the view of the child support program. You know, we're looking at how we deliver services and and how we engage our, our customers and also I think how we engage our employees. So we had a lunch lots of E's were thrown out, had a long conversation about what E might fit the us, And engagement seemed to be the one that did the trick. And so it was exciting. I think it was a step forward. When we first started out, the goal was to change just the I. And Veronica you correct me I think if I'm wrong. I think this is how it went. But then while we had momentum you know, I think Marianne Wellbank actually talked about changing the E, and everybody was engaged and excited.
0: So we got both of them taking care of it the time. Cool. So let let me ask another question here. So you use a certain hashtag, and, and Veronica, this kind of fits in with, with what you were saying. Ellen, I think you touched base on it too, but use a certain hashtag, and it's, it's hashtag keep Wixic weird. Uh, You talked about how Wixic is fun and how your focus is on being, you know, having fun. Can you tell us a little bit more about why hashtag keep Wixick weird? What's the fun component? Why the fun component?
2: Well, why the fun component? I think it's just something we all need, right? It's just necessary. We we love our jobs. We're good at our jobs. We're passionate about what we do and we're serious about our work, but... We also have to realize when to, you know, lighten up a bit and have, have a good time. So one of the things, I think Keep Wixack Weird actually, correct me if I'm wrong, Ellen, I think originated in Portland because we were going off of the Keep Portland Weird is one of their little taglines. And we were supposed to have a conference in Portland uh, before the pandemic changed our plans. But um, so we kind of just adopted that hashtag and we even had little signs made that say <laughs> Keep Wixuck Weird and we have people photographed all over the world, honestly, with their little keep WICSEC weird sign. So that was the genesis of the keep WICSEC weird hashtag, but we've all really embraced it and gone with it um, because, again, we do believe in having a, having a good time and kind of pushing the boundaries, too. I think that's the, the difference, too. It's like fun, but then we're also Wixec, and I'm, I'm really proud of this, continues to bring new things to the table as far as conferences go and learning opportunities. Um, we're always trying to push the envelope. So we, I believe we are the very first people to ever do Pecha Kucha, said a variety of different ways, but I'm going to say Pecha Kucha because that's how I say it. So, which is a really interesting, uh, you know, delivery of a presentation. It's just a different format. And I've seen now a lot of other people adopt that style and you're seeing that become commonplace, but actually Wixuck was the first to do that in the uh, child support conference arena. We did, brought yoga, meditation, different self-care sessions, um, and, you know, we weren't sure how that was going to go. We were a little nervous, like, oh, meditation. Are people going to walk out of the room? But they didn't, and they stayed. And we've had people tell us that it was amazing and it was life-changing. So we've always been trying to, to like, push that boundary, and I think that's part of that fits perfectly into that keep Wixec weird concept that we have.
1: I think it's a recognition that I mean, we all know there's always training to be done. You know, we can always talk about intergovernmental child support and what we need to do always talk about innovative ways to enforce orders. But what Wix has like, tried to do is take a step back and say, okay, it's not just about you know the work we're doing and the cases we're managing, it's also about taking care of our employees. So like the three of us, you know, they're gonna become engaged in the community and they're gonna become lifelong child support people and they're gonna move up in their succession. So our conference, you know, in keeping things fun and weird has tried to to look at what do our people need and how can we support them? And it's not just about, you know, training them about community-exclusive jurisdiction. It's also recognizing the size of their workloads, the stress that they've got going on, the, you know, the customers that they handle. Sometimes are not always happy with us. You know, so what can we, how can we help them and support them and give them tools that are going to keep them in our program, you know, for a long time?
0: Yeah, no doubt. It sounds it sounds very much like a holistic approach, not just the nuts and bolts, but how do we take care of ourselves, take care of each other. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a huge piece of that, I think. Well, talking about hashtags and talking about keeping things fun, I've got to ask, who is the queen of Nelson Drive? Because I've seen that someplace, maybe on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe somebody wants to answer. Maybe they don't. So I, I am the self
1: if you will, Queen of Nelson Drive and the hashtag that. so all of you are welcome to follow me although I'm not a great poster on Twitter or Instagram but you're welcome to follow me it's kind of a recognition of um, I do love royalty I'm secretly suspicious I am royal although my mother has assured me that is not the situation and then a nod to my hometown so it's a lot of fun it makes people laugh but the funniest part is you know, when I got on Twitter, I didn't really know what it was, but my son debated at the time, and the debate team would post their, you know, announcements, the kids will be home in 30 minutes or whatever, so I followed the debate team, and I had to come up with a name, and it was late at night, and like I said, it made, it made me giggle. But to, to talk about social media, again, with such a son, such a phenomenal job with social media over the last couple of years. I think that we have also recognized that is a way to keep people connected. It's not just about announcing sign ups for the conference. You know, it's we've had a couple things take off. Was it Pets of Wixbag? I, I can't even remember off the top of my head now. But again, just, it's been a great way as people have had a rough year and, and needed to feel connected to, to reach out to people. And, and yes, yeah, so I am the self-proclaimed Queen of and Drive.
0: Awesome, you know, Veronica. I don't know if you want to follow up to that, if you want to take and challenge that, um, but I don't, I don't know your Twitter handle yet, but um, I am now curious, and I'm going to be seeking that out.
2: I know I have two because I had a personal one, which is at Leica's mom. That's the name of my dearly departed Belgian Shepherd mix that I have adopted. That I adopted, and so I that is my Twitter handle. And then I have a, like a work account because I created one for Wixec actually, when I I was placed on the communications committee and I didn't even have, I barely had a Twitter account. I didn't really, it's kind of like you were saying, and I was like, I don't even know what this is about. I'll sign up. So I have two accounts and sometimes I tweet from one, sometimes I tweet from the other. I don't know. I have a work and a personal. I feel like I need to merge them at some point. I don't even know the name of my work one. It's something about Veronica Riley. I don't know. V. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. <Yeah. sighs> Shows you how much I use the
0: social media. Oh, that's good. That's good.
2: But the social media, though, Tim, I do want to add it. I mean, I think that that has really helped us raise the profile of Wixec. And, you know, I said that I had to Google Wixec because I literally had been in child support for, like, 15 years and I'd never heard of it. So... Yeah, we've tried. We have really made a concerted effort over the last several years, and social media has been a big part of that for us to to raise the profile and to spread the word and to get our message out and about Wixec and what we are and why we're cool. Social media has really helped us do that.
0: That is. That is. You know, I think of people like um, Robbie Endress and Sharon Pizzuti, and there's others, but so many people that are involved in Wixak and Encia and Arixa that really use their social media to get the word out and to stay connected. So. I think you're absolutely right that um, our world revolves not just around but within social media. So you all had a conference that just ended at the end of September. Can you tell us a little bit about the 2021 conference? Uh, where was it held? Uh, what are some of the memorable plenaries and workshops? And then how did you plan this conference? Who was involved? And then I'll ask a couple of follow up questions to that. But we'll just get go we'll just kind of get rolling here on that that big um, the big conference that just ended.
1: All right, we had virtual conferences in 2020 and 2021, and you know, obviously 2020, that was a decision that got made pretty pretty quickly, and we transitioned pretty quickly. But even while we were making it, we had hoped to have an in person conference in 2021. But as as we looked at it, and we looked at you know the what the world looked like in the pandemic, we just went ahead and decided we would do a virtual conference. One of the things that goes, I and mean, we did all of our planning virtually, which was great. Of course, we didn't have as many sessions. But one of the things that we really looked at was, you know, who is our audience? Where are they at? What are the things going on in their lives? And how can we find a speaker to address that? And of course, the, the pandemic and people are starting to go back to work. You know, we recognize that. But still, what might be happening in those workplaces? So we have three Phenomenal plenaries this year. We had um, Jason Kotecki came and talked to us about how to break unwritten rules, which I think for all of us was a nice just reminder that oh, it's okay every once in a while to so do something a little. You don't have to do it that way. You, know, you don't have to eat your spaghetti before you eat your chocolate cake. You can eat your chocolate cake first. Donna Beagle came and talked to us about poverty. Probably one of the most powerful plenaries in, in person or virtual, I think, that we have offered. Um, we the feedback that we got on that was just tremendous and interestingly enough very timely I don't know how many people have watched Made on Netflix but you know that kind of goes in with Donna's message and so there's a lot of information out there now about poverty and so
0: again Donna's
1: message was wonderful and then our final plenary was the briefly again talking to us about how to choose joy after having a really hard period of time and so that's you know, it was still a, a, it was great. I mean, we had almost a 1,000 people registered. We kept our registration fee very low, which is important. And we've gotten tremendous feedback. I, we are excited. I mean, for right now, we're headed in person in Santa Fe in 2022. And we're all very much looking forward to that. But having said that, I'm so proud of what we offered in 2020 and 2021 off in so Veronica, I don't know if you have anything to add about
2: this year's conference. It was a great conference. Um we actually had eleven hundred people register and attend this conference, which was Amazing. And I think that's, you know, the virtual thing has opened up so much more potential for people. um, And that has been exciting because usually we would be looking at maybe let's say 600 people at a conference, but all of a sudden in 2020, actually, we had over 2000 people register for a conference. It was free, (laughs) but we had over 2000 people close to 2,500. And then this year with having, you know, 1100 people, it was, it was really nice to be able to bring that many people from the child support community together had some amazing workshops too you know ellen talked about the plenaries which we're really really proud of those plenaries and i i don't think we could have picked better speakers or better topics for the time in 2021 but we also had a slate of really good workshops and really again as we say that you know wicksec tries to push the boundaries we were trying to really get some innovative workshops some things that were more participatory, as participatory as you can be in a virtual setting. Um, But I do think that all of our workshop curators um, and speakers did a really good job of of making that happen. And our recordings, by the way, of the workshops are all online. If you were registered for the conference, they're actually through our app. So there's 1100 people out there that have access to go view um, any of the workshops that they might have missed. They're, they're still out there, except for our plenaries, because those were paid speakers. We take those down after a certain amount of time, um, but our actual other workshops are all up there.
0: Awesome. So, how has having a virtual conference changed Wix's impact on the child support community, and what is the future of conferences from your perspectives?
1: I can't talk enough about the impact, because especially in 2020, we had an we had an issue my life. and so we reached people and people were allowed to attend because it was free, you know, that had never attended Wixpec before. I was actually on a session with the Missouri Child Support Conference and it hadn't started yet and you know someone unmuted themselves and said, I appreciate so much you guys making Wix Beck free this year, it meant I could attend. And so that was enormous. We also partnered i you know with Erixa over the IJ fair. The final plenary at which in twenty twenty involved NCA and NCCSC. We had a director's panel of people that talked about the state of you know their offices at that point in time. So it also showed a tremendous sense of unity and, and that was really important. So how is that gonna change? We're all all of us are talking about that right now. All of us, you know, seeing people in the one thing that's missing that is hard to recreate, and I can't remember now who made this analogy, but is that, you know, after the conference is over, you go out for a Coke with your friends and break down the day, you know, in person and talk about what you've learned and the different sessions. And that is one thing that's a little bit hard to recreate in a virtual setting. At the same time, I think all of us have gotten a taste of the Reach and Impact, Rixa and NCO as well with their virtual offerings. Of the increase in reach when you do a virtual conference, and especially if it's something that you can price, you know, price accordingly. And we're all, you know, that that's pretty intoxicating. So what can it look like, you know, with an in-person offering, with a virtual offering, or what are different virtual offerings you can do that are in addition to the in-person conference? I think we're all trying to sort that out. I do think my at least from Wixpec we will continue to see virtual high quality in time virtual offerings. We just how you know we're still kind of trying to sort all that out. So Veronica, I don't know what you think.
2: Yeah, I think hybrid, I mean, is to me is the future of conferences. I, I don't know once the genie's been taken out of that bottle, how we put it back in, you know. I, I do think it's balanced, like Ellen was saying, you know, you want to have virtual the virtual offerings for people but you obviously need that engagement and that networking piece and just being at a conference in person i just went to the uh, national tribal association conference recently and that was just so amazing to be with people (laughs) and you know and and the side conversations you have and all of that that it's really hard as ellen was saying to recapture that in a virtual setting we're all going to be having a lot of thoughts as ellen was saying you know just trying to figure out how can we expand the reach keep that expanded reach to a certain extent have some quality virtual options for people while being able to have a quality in-person experience again. So more to come.
0: So speaking of that, Wixit doesn't just do conferences, they do some other work. And can you tell us a little bit about that? I know I know Veronica you mentioned the IG fair, um, but tell us a little bit more what Wixit is involved with. What else is out there?
2: Yeah, we also have something we're really proud of. Just in the last few years we started micro learning, so the concept being about a 60 minute you know quick learning opportunity for people we typically have offered them for free so we offer those throughout the year and we try to be what I really like about them is we've tried to be really uh timely in our content so when we had um you know issues come up especially at the beginning of the pandemic we had a speaker that we brought in who did um how to be you know, successful um, virtually we had to, and you know, how to react to, I think it was emergencies. Um, we've also had you know, some of the social justice issues going on. We had a speaker come in and talk about um, bias, um, it, unintended bias, and so then we had a book club that actually spiraled off of that, which was really exciting too. So we're just trying to come up with you know, timely, relevant content for people that is meaningful. Uh, based on what's going on and then of course we'll you know we'll always want to bring some of the you know standard you know child support kind of issues the the nitty-gritty of of that intergovernmental or we did some partnering with OCSE on the portal that was really successful and really well attended and and I think we might want to continue doing some more partnership with that but any experiences and we take suggestions from anybody so anyone listening to this if they have a suggestion for a micro learning event that we could do we would we would love that. Did I miss anything, Ellen?
1: I don't think so. I mean, micro-learnings are, are a great tool. My favorite story is Morning Life was listening to NPR and heard the speaker that we got for our social justice speaker. I mean, her speak, thought she was engaging, called her, you know, out of the blue. And a few days later, we have a micro-learning. I mean, that's how we put those together. We hear something, we find it interesting, we find a time that's going to work, and it's just, it, it's really amazing what comes
0: out of some of those conversations. So, Veronica, you were just talking to about um, the different collaborations between the different sister organizations. And you talked about being in Connecticut for the NTCSA conference. And I wondered if you could share a little bit about that. I believe that you were um, involved in a workshop, putting on a workshop, presenting at a workshop. Um, what was that like? What was the vibe there in Connecticut?
2: The vibe was incredible. Uh, you know, their conference was smaller this year. They said usually they'll get around 300 people, and I believe they had around 150, which, you know, makes sense. We're all just getting back on the horse, <laughs> attending in-person events. So they expected that it would be smaller. So there was something about it, though, with the the intimacy of it. It was really a cool opportunity to get to know uh, many, many people, you know, who were at that conference. So I really enjoyed myself. I had the Wixec booth out there, and I sat next to my – friends at the NCA booth and the Erixa booth. And I got to chat with them and get to know them even better, which was a great opportunity. Um, but again, really just such a great level of engagement with participants. And again, great people everywhere we go. I just am always flabbergasted by the amount of dedicated, hardworking people. There were a lot of really good ideas exchanged. Um, the session you referenced that I did, um, I was in it with, um, Joe Mamlin, and Maureen Life from Grace Peak Strategies. And uh, so the three of us presented on using data to tell your story. And just the level of engagement in that workshop, it was it was such good ideas. And we tried to keep it really flexible, like, hey, what what story do you want to tell? And then let's talk about it, and we'll brainstorm ways where we could find data, use data to to help you tell your story. And so we shared you know, tips and tricks from things we've done in the past, but again, also had that, that back and forth with the the crowd. So it was a it was a really nice experience. I had never had the privilege of going to the tribal conference before, so that was my first time. So I was still there, you know, just kind of soaking it all in and, and learning a lot. And they had a lot of great sessions too that I was able to attend. So great experience.
1: Okay, I'm a little embarrassed. I think I forgot to mention that when we did that panel for Wix in twenty twenty, NCSA was also a big part of that panel and Sandy Clover, who's the new N C S A President was part of that. And so we've enjoyed, enjoyed a tremendous amount of support from NTPSA over the past couple of years and have really enjoyed working well with Marsha Harlan. How can we do that? And then, of course, with Sandy now too, I think we've hopefully got some more good partnerships with them to come as well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. In fact, we just had on NCN location, we had uh, Marsha Harlan and Sandy Clore uh, as our guest a couple couple episodes ago. So um, great timing, great collaboration, great engagement, great just getting to know all kinds of, of really, really neat people. So I'm going to ask a question. This is a tell-all question. What is your favorite Wixic memory? You know, favorite memory or favorite couple memories. Just what, what has really stood out to you? What have you had an opportunity for? And if you want, you know, no shame here, no no judgment zone, just, you know,
2: okay based on the look on Ellen's face right now I realize this is a podcast but based on the look on Ellen's face you need to go first
1: <laughs> so I was thinking maybe you should go first because I'm trying to decide so on a personal note um, in 2013 which was in Kansas City at the time I lived in Cheyenne, Wyoming and I convinced um, Mary Johnson and Jill or co-workers in the Wyoming Child Support Program to drive, And so we took an old-fashioned road trip, and we drove from Cheyenne to Kansas City, which, thank goodness we did, because she shops like maniacs. And I don't know how else we would have gotten back to Cheyenne. So that is my favorite personal memory. As far as professional, I, I don't, or what would be more professional, I guess, I, I mean, I guess I don't even know what to say. I, when the opening plenaries are in person, you know, there's usually some kind of a performance. And it's usually children. Or, you know. And over the years, we've really had some amazing, you know, goosebump type performances from different people. And I always really love that. We've had a marching band. So I don't know. And I guess the other thing to say is every year is my new favorite year. And I know, you know, the past two years were virtual. Were virtual. But I think I was so invested in them and nervous, and then they came out, and it went so well that, you know, this year is now my favorite year again. So, Veronica, I'll hand it over to you before I babble on anymore.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry I missed that road trip. Um, My favorite, we were in Spokane, Washington. Now I'm trying to remember what year that was. We were in Spokane, Washington, it was a pre-pandemic year right so that would have been 2019 Yeah, and uh it was the night before the conference and the whole planning committee and the board had gotten together for dinner and we had a room reserved at this place it took us a, an, an inordinate amount of time to be seated which is you know it's fine we we're all hanging out but so i finally got in there we got seated and you know everyone's still having a good time and we did order and i remember like we got our salads and then all of a sudden they come in and the, the Restaurant management came in and they said, the cook's been in an accident. And I'm like, ooh, is there blood in my salad? But the cook's been in an accident and we can't serve you. You need to go, basically. And we're like, oh, okay. And I mean, we're talking like 40 people, right? It was a lot. 30 people, it was a lot of people. So we're like, oh, okay. So Maureen uh, Life, who was the president at the time, had a, a suite I guess you'd call it, at the hotel that we were staying at. And, you know, it was a really large room. And so we just all ended up going back there. And we're starving at this point because it's been a long time. It's been a journey. So we ended up ordering, you know, like Domino's pizza and just hanging out in her room all night. And I have to say that was just so much fun. And we just talked well into the wee hours of the night. I just remember kind of laying on the couch and talking with people and having just a great time. So it was a really great memory that sticks out for me.
1: That was an awesome
2: night. I forgot about that one. So I want to add that to my list, too.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that started, we do now at WICSAC the night before the conference, we do a little toast. And Maureen really started that. And we even did that with a virtual conference this year. We had a Zoom call and, you know, just thanks everybody on the planning committee for the hard work and acknowledged it. And, so that was a great evening, Veronica. I want to, yeah, I'll take that one, too.
0: All kinds of memories. So, Ellen, I'm going to ask this of you. What has been or what was the biggest accomplishment or focus of your presidency of your tenure?
1: So, I became president, you know, in the fall of 2018, or I'm sorry, in the fall of 2019, so it would have been in the conference for 2020. And we we had gone to Portland to do our planning meeting the first week of March in 2020, and two weeks later, it all fell apart. So as far as accomplishments go, I mean we plan two virtual conferences that over the past two years have served, you know, thirty one hundred people and I it 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 takes it it blows my it blows my mind. I, I can't even talk about it right now. And, you know, I know there's we learned we learned so much. But the feedback that we received was so supportive and so grateful and encouraging It really, it was really in my career. That is something that I will never forget. So that's, I'm proud of the work that we did, the people that we reached, the content that we brought them, the support that we gave them,
0: all of the things over the past two years. It was phenomenal. Awesome, and and for sure, for sure. I mean, just looking at what Wixic has accomplished with these virtual conferences, Really has been amazing for me where I sit up here in Anchorage, Alaska. So I I appreciate that. And then, Veronica, let me ask you: What do you hope to accomplish in your presidency? What what do you see happening? Where do you uh, see Wix going? What's in the works?
2: I'm very excited about this year. I really would like to continue the micro learnings and the other events. You know, whether we want to rename that, you know, additional educational opportunities, however we want to phrase it, but I'm really excited to be able to bring, you know, continue the microlearning that was established really by Maureen um, a couple of years ago. Uh, I really want to be able to continue to do that and be, again, responsive to, you know, events that are happening and kind of the what's going on in the world and and offer things that are meaningful for people. And also to expand Wixec really, and, you know, get more diversity, be more inclusive, you know, wherever we can. So I really do want to see that. Um, increase in this upcoming year you know this is going to be an interesting year because we still have a lot of uncertainty that we're dealing with so i think offering continuing to offer again as many events as we can um for people people may be able to attend the conference they may not i think you know there is like we said there's a lot of uncertainty with travel restrictions and who knows what's going to happen over the next month i'm and very helpful, but um, you know there's still just a lot of uncertainty. So I think part of it for for me this year is just kind of trying to stay flexible and stay you know prepared for whatever we can. I really do think though, I would love to bring a hybrid conference, some sort of like we were saying to it, be able to have that reach. As I said before, that genie's out of the bottle, and so to to just cut it off seems. Seems like it might not be in everyone's best interest, so I'd really like to see some sort of a hybrid event going forward. But that's hard to pull off, and it's expensive, so we have to, you know, keep all that in mind as we go forward. But th- that's really what I'm trying to accomplish: is to keep expanding the reach and offer, you know, obviously, quality and meaningful training. And then the other thing that I really wanted to talk about too is we had such a good response to Dr. Donna Beagle, who offers. Uh, poverty training. She does like the history of poverty in the nation and how policies are made around it, and um, things that we can do, obviously, to to change that dynamic. And so she, we got so much good feedback on that session. And I mean, I was moved to tears several times during her presentation and I know others were. So we would really like to, if we can put together some sort of an off op- of an offering with her, maybe throughout the year, she has a poverty Institute that people can attend. So I would really like to see WICSAC partner with her to be able to expand that message because it, it is so vital.
0: Awesome. So as we wrap up our time, is there anything else that each of you would like to leave us with? Any final thoughts, anything that, that has tickled your brain or, or, um, it's just put on your tongue.
1: We just want you to check us out. We sent, we have an enormous mailing list. There's always updates on our website. Check out one of our micro learnings. When conference time rolls around, we do have scholarships that are available. So if you have any interest in attending Rec, there are some scholarship opportunities available. And then too, just oh, we ask people to submit ideas for sessions if there is something you really want to see from us. Make sure that you take a minute and submit your idea for a session we that's where you know the bulk of our ideas I mean all of us work in the industry and have some thoughts but we've gotten some tremendous sessions or tremendous ideas for sessions throughout our call for sessions. so just check us out, send something to us. We would love to get to know you.
2: I agree, Ellen well said um. I would encourage people to visit our website wixec.org and also just to check us out on social media we're pretty active throughout like we said before throughout the whole year where we try to stay active so we're at wixec 1983 is our is our handle i guess we call it and so so that's a good way to follow us and then we also will have it you know the hashtag keep wixec weird is always in play but yeah we encourage people to follow you I agree, Ellen, I really would love for people to submit ideas for workshops or micro learnings or whatever, but anything out of the box, something different. Like you said, we're always trying to push the boundaries, do something fun, something new, something inventive, and we need those ideas to, to come, from, come from people who are out there in the industry doing the work every day. So I really would like people to, like you said, check us out. And uh, I do want to just remind again, if I could make a plug, November 6th through 10th, We'll be in Santa Fe, which should be absolutely amazing. And then the year after that, we're actually in Portland, September 17th through the 21st. We're going to get to have our Portland conference that got canceled due to the pandemic. So that will be happening in, in 2023. So we're very excited about all of our upcoming stuff and to get to see people again, virtually and in person.
0: Absolutely. On behalf of NC and myself, I want to thank our guests Ellen Rutledge, and Veronica Riley for spending time with us today to talk about NCA's sister organization, the Western Intergovernmental Child Support Engagement Council, better known as WICSIC. Thank you for standing in the gap to meet the needs of the child support community and ultimately families and children. Thank you to our listeners for joining us today. We will talk to you next time on the podcast. On Location is available on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. We have a lot of great episodes on the way, so be sure to subscribe and listen to all of our previous episodes as well. We also appreciate your readings, your feedback, your comments, and your suggestions. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us on the contact link on our website. On Location is a production of the NCA Communications Committee with special production assistance from Joe Mamlin and me. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Tim Leitner, and this is Ben on Location.